everyone and welcome back to the Running Minds podcast. Today I have another interesting and inspirational guest for you today. I'm joined by Emily Kaufman, who I met through the Hidden Opponent community. Shout out to them for bringing current and former student athletes and mental health advocates together. We will get to Emily's involvement with the Hidden Opponent later. To begin with, hey Emily, can you tell us a bit about you, who you are and what you're passionate about? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So, you know, it's weird thinking about my identity as now as like a former athlete. So I was a coxswain for the rowing team. But I mean, it's something that I'm still passionate about. I carried that passion after sports. You know, I would still consider myself an athlete and I love fitness. You know, I love podcasting now. And, you know, even with the change in scenery of now it's locked down. I've still been, you know, trying to do those things and find a way to still enjoy <laughs> fitness, even though it's without athletics. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, that transition from like college life and that intense environment to afterwards is something we'll definitely get into later. But you talk about like lockdown and everything, like where are you right now and how how are the restrictions or like what can you do where you are? Yeah, so I'm located in Boston. Uh, so it's on the East Coast. And I mean, the restrictions seem to change every single day. So <laughs> we've had gyms open and then they'll close for six weeks and then they'll open for a few weeks and close. And so, um, you know, it kind of looks different every day. And now, especially that it's winter and it's cold out. So I'm not wanting to leave the house anyways. Um, it's It's mostly shut down still. Wow, that must be really stressful like with at least in the UK it's like kind of it closed and like if the gym's going back and forth opening which must be like very stressful because you can't really plan or like know what you're going to do like how have you managed exercising like from home instead or outdoors yeah so I mean exercise is something that I love to do, but even when you love to do it, it's still hard some days to convince yourself to. And so, you know, without having a routine, you know, it's not like I can be like, oh, I wake up every day and I go to the gym, right? Like I'm always struggling to be like, okay, am I going to work out at home today or outside or the gym? And so I try during the past 12 months, I really tried to shift my perspective on it to be like, I'm only going to do the workouts that I really enjoy, that I have fun with. So I kind of took the pushing myself to go just for like the sake of going out because I'm like you know what everything else is so stressful this isn't going to be something that adds stress and so I've taken that new approach to it and it's worked really well for me so far and I you know you have days where it's up and down but overall it's worked really well yeah because I just think if you don't want it like you said add extra stress so just trying to find like different ways of enjoying it like I run a lot and just trying to have a bit of variety, like go in different routes or maybe mix up the days rather than being like, oh, I have to do this on this day. And like, if I still get the work in, I'll be still doing some kind of like moving your body in a way or like you go on a longer walk and, or you like, or you go cycling or do something or like a gym workout at home rather than just sitting and doing nothing, maybe feeling sorry for yourself, but it's just kind of getting just the body moving and then I think that helps especially like your mindset now and just being outdoors like even in the winter it's difficult but a lot of people obviously are cooped up inside so it's just trying to get people outside and like active I think is really important um yeah. and I know you're 
time in college was very much like similar to me like an outdoor sport like I know you were on the rowing team um and obviously like when there's not the greatest sport in winter because it'd be absolutely freezing to do that like I'm interested do you still row now or is that something that was very much like that's my time in college and now it's kind of it's over and I'm on to a new part of my life yeah so I graduated like two and a half years ago now and I left rowing never looked back I was almost burnt out of it so I was like I'm done and I never had any intention of going back because I kept telling myself you know like it's hard to just pick up rowing as like a hobby on my days off and it's hard to find a team like that again and so I kind of wrote it off as like that was a separate part of my life but now you know that I've been missing the gym I almost also miss the rowing part of it too and so I've been looking at clubs around me and they you know aren't open right now but I'm kind of like looking for the future of okay maybe I didn't have to write it off and maybe I got over that burnt out phase and I kind of want to like start introducing it back into my life. Yeah I think it can easily just become like a chore to an extent like when you're doing it in college like it becomes very draining and like I never understood when a lot of people who were older than me in college who just stopped running or stopped the sport they were doing after college and would just not do anything and that was really like strange to me but I think some people need that like mental break and that recovery and then pick it up like later a few years later or or just not even that sport or a different kind of sport or just some different kind of exercise so it's it's nice to know that you're like the love for it is like kind of coming back um and you talked about the burnout phase like how was experiencing like burnout for you like what did that look like and what kind of led up to that point yeah so I feel like I almost experienced burnout really easy too I was like starting to feel burned out my junior year of college like I hadn't even been doing rowing for that long. You know, I've always been an athlete, but usually when you pick up rowing, it's a little bit later. So I started rowing my sophomore year of high school. Is that your position? Yeah. Yeah. So I was a coxswain. So instead of actually rowing, I was sitting at the back of the boat. I'm the one like coaching, steering, instructing, all of that. What really led to the burnout is so for my position, you have to be 110 pounds. And you get weighed in before every race, you get weighed in weekly by coaches. And so that was seven years that I was striving for this one weight. And, you know, bodies change, it's really hard to hit that one weight. And so once I started gaining weight later on in college, which is absolutely normal, I was just put on like all these weight loss plans and I was trying to work out more and I was trying to eat better. And it's just added stress on top of everything else that you're trying to balance. And so because you know, I was no longer able to perform at the level I wanted to. It was just like beating myself up every single day, right? Like every day that I showed up to practice and I wasn't where I wanted to be. It was like just digging myself into a deeper, deeper hole of like, this sucks almost, you know, like there's no better way to put it. And so I, like my body wasn't where my mind wanted it to be. And so for the last two years that I was on the team, you know, I never hit 110 pounds again I never got to that level that I wanted to be at and so when I left I was like I left on such a sour note not even like at my team or my coaches but just myself mm-hmm. so is that the only one that you need the weight like category or a class for or does every person in the boat like have to meet a certain criteria 
Yeah, so there's lightweight rowing, but I didn't do that. And that's where all the rowers are weighed. But for mine, like the rowers could weigh whatever. But I mean, the coxswain is such an interesting position because there's no part of me that was measured physically. You know, it couldn't be like, oh, like Emily is a little overweight, but like, you know, she's really powerful and she moves the boat this fast. Like it was, she's overweight and she's sinking the boat almost. Like that's the equation. Like every pound that I was over you're just adding weight, you're just slowing it down. And if that's the only thing that's really in my control, like you're going to micromanage it. Like, did it take a toll on your mental health? Yeah, it definitely did because, you know, when I approached it, so I was always on the lighter side trying to gain weight. And then over the summer between my sophomore and junior years when I like spiked up because, you know, I'm just a college person enjoying their summer, enjoying the off season. And so when I came back, I was overweight for the first time. And I was like, okay, like, that's fine. Like, I can do this. I can lose weight. Everyone knows how to do that. Like, um, I have time before competition. But then as competition was getting closer and I wasn't seeing the scale move as much as I wanted, it turned from this goal that I had, right? It's a goal just like any other athlete has to then being a really emotional issue because, as I said, every time I didn't hit that, it almost felt like a failure of like, this isn't that hard. Like all of my athletes, you know, all the rowers that I'm with, they're pushing their bodies. Why can't I do the same? Why is the scale not reflecting? And little did I know at the time, you know, like stress is a contributor to not losing weight. And so I just kept putting myself in more stress. And then I kept going to different trainers and you know at the time I probably should have gone more to a therapist or psychologist but instead of that I was going to dietitians and trainers and just like packing more stuff onto my workload and just none of it was working and so you know I just kept getting stuck in this almost hamster wheel of like I'm moving nowhere and that happened not for like oh one week of competition but this happened every single week for two years wow that's so intense like I know in sports you need to make the sacrifices and like you want to do well for your team but it's such a fine balance between like taking it too far um like do you feel like looking back knowing what you do now like having time to reflect do you feel like there is a good way to like handle those sporting expectations like in a healthy way or do you feel like the whole kind of idea of that weight emphasis is will always be detrimental or is there like ways of handling it in a better way yeah so as you said you know like sports comes with a lot of sacrifices and I knew that and I was willing to make the sacrifices to hit 110 like I didn't I wasn't questioning that but I think what would have really helped me is two things one knowing like actually what's realistic in terms of weight loss right like if someone had told me day one like okay, it's probably going to take you like six months to reach your goal. That would have helped instead of me like expecting it every single week. But on another like personal level and also from the mental health aspect, when I was no longer that same like 110 pound girl, you know, as now like 120 pounds, if I had kind of reassessed my goals at that time, I think that would have been a huge shift because when I jumped up in weight, I wasn't cut from the team you know, I had worries that maybe I'd lose my scholarship, but I wasn't. The thing that happened was instead of being in the top lineup in the top boat is I was moved down a few ranks. And for me, that was like soul crushing because, you know, I always wanted to be the best. I was always striving to improve. But now that I'm looking back at it, I'm like, if I had just embraced where I was in the lineup, if I had just been happy, like 
okay, yes, things change. And maybe this year I'm not as high up as I was last year, but I'm still having fun. I'm still with my teammates. That would have helped me so much. Like I think that with athletes, we always want to be the best, but then when we're not there or we have a disappointing performance, we beat ourselves up so much without ever realizing like the positives that came out of it. Yeah, I think it's that kind of all or nothing mentality with a lot of athletes. Like you're going to put you're all in and if you don't reach those goals like it's just kind of just really difficult to overcome and just deal with in general but then there's also the other aspects of like competing in a sport at college which can be fun and then you look back and you have great memories of it and realistically like yes you want to perform well but it shouldn't be taken like so so seriously if like unless you're going to go like professional which is very slim very few amount of people so it's more like trying to enjoy the experience that's what I would always tell similar to you like I tell my younger self or younger people being like okay yes you, you want to put in the work you want to make the sacrifices to do well like that is a priority but don't make it become like a hundred percent of you like you've got to enjoy it otherwise if you're not enjoying it then it's not worth it like it's then it becomes like you know too stressful um and we talked about like the sacrifices like did you feel as though you like had well I suppose probably not but like had a normal college experience like did you feel that it was uh, difficult to like not engage in the distractions of you know college life and university life and drinking and going out or just socializing or just making those commitments that aren't to do with sport yeah, no, looking back, I definitely enjoyed my overall college experience. Like I went to University of Oklahoma, which also has a big uh, Greek life part of their campus. And so I joined that, which, you know, I was able to kind of like convince my coaches because, you know, I was stuck in this place of if the only thing that you're surrounded by are your teammates, like I went home and I lived with my teammates or my roommates, and then I went to practice with them and then I hung out with them. I could never get out of it. And then you are constantly thinking about practice. You're constantly thinking about everything else. And so to join an organization that just did not care about rowing, right? Like they did not ask me how was practice. They did not ask me these things. It was such a weight off my shoulders because it's almost like for a period of time, I could be that normal college student. And so I really enjoyed being able to do that. And so, you know, obviously I didn't have a normal experience. I was never able to you know, go to the bars during the week. I was never able to get an internship. There was a lot of things that I was missing, but I feel like, you know, I was happy with the balance that I had. Yeah, it's that finding that in between where you really love your teammates and you get along with them, you support one another and you want each other to do well. It's also nice to have like friends outside of sport, maybe not even just your team, but outside of sport too, just so that it's just kind of like, more reflective of normal life because when you leave college like and unless you live with like a lots of athletes or you're in a job which is very like sport focused it's not going to be the same like there's going to be people you probably meet at work or whatever that don't care about sport at all or don't care like about exercise so it's just it must have been like like quite a shock like did you find the transition into like the afterlife or time after college very like stressful or was it quite an easy smooth 
ride like transition for you? Yeah, so this is the part of athletics that I was most surprised about. Like, I feel like people warn you when you go from high school to college, like, oh, it's going to pick up and like, be prepared for that. And like, you know, we've been talking about sacrifices when you're an athlete, but no one talks about that transition after. And so I left when I was so burnt out of my sport, right? Like I wanted to be done. So I thought, you know, like the grass is always greener on the other side. And I was looking forward to this retirement and everyone tells you about how much freedom you have. And I left sports. And for the first few months, you know, it was exciting and it was new and I got to do the things I was missing out on, right? Like I was eating a bunch more, I was drinking a bunch more, like just kind of celebrating. And then a few months go by and I was just hit with this wall of, is this all that there is after sport? Like, I have no purpose again. Like I don't have any passion. Like I was trying to find new hobbies, but nothing was like how rowing was. And I found it really difficult. Like I think that, you know, cause I was meeting new people and I was talking to them about, you know, my college experience. And they're like, why'd you go to Oklahoma? And I was like, oh, I was an athlete. And to say that I was an athlete, but I wasn't going to the gym and I wasn't taking care of my health and I didn't feel like one anymore. I almost felt embarrassed about that part of my life. And so the transition was a lot harder than I thought, took a lot longer than I thought. It wasn't just like, you know, a one day thing, but it was really a transition. It was a process I had to go through. Yeah, I feel like no one particularly prepares you, like even like alumni or like people who are older than you will tell you how hard it is. But I feel like when you're in that bubble, in that world, like no it can't be that bad or like yeah what you're saying the grass is greener like no I've like I if I can deal with how intense balancing my life of like doing university or college work and sport and like having a social life then I can cope with like the real world as such um but I feel like with me like I came back from studying computing in America last year in 2020 and then I started a master's at university in England but that transition like I'm still running at the university I'm at now but it's was still like quite a big a bit of a gap in between with obviously like le- less races so over the summer like especially with like lockdown and everything I was thinking okay well maybe I need to find other ways of exercising or like other ways of doing things because like running and competing might not last forever and I also don't think people even though I haven't probably fully retired as such, like I still feel like there was a quite a bit of a transition and just knowing that my time in like an American university system was like ended and like in that sporting environment, but no one prepares you for like the fitness changes, the body changes, like how you're just going to feel and then like the change in motivation, like you were saying the purpose, not having, not finding that. And if you, is anything that's, you found that has helped you a lot during that time or was there like people around you that's kept you going yeah so I think that I didn't completely understand even what was going on until I started you know studying it because I'm writing a book on it right now about the whole transition and so I started having to do more research and talking to a bunch of other athletes and you know what I realized is people were telling me like, okay, this is how you work out when you're not an athlete. This is how you like find purpose and passion again. But I was so like not wanting to be successful almost again. You know, I spent so many years working towards one goal of 
you know, as a division one athlete and I want to win our conference championships. And for four years, I got second place. (laughs) And so after spending so long working towards one goal, I almost didn't want to have a second goal again. And the thing that I think that everyone misses with this transition is that the mental health aspect that's going on when you go through this. Because when you're leaving sports, you're experiencing a loss. Like you're losing your job, you're losing your hobby, you're losing your teammates, your support, your structure. Like there's 10 different things that sports could be for you. And when you're losing it, it's almost going through a grieving period. And as I said, like it didn't hit me right away and it doesn't hit everyone right away. This could happen later down the line. But when I realized, you know, this is something that you can look at as a loss and that's why I'm not motivated, right? It's not that I'm not motivated because rowing was the only type of workout that I liked or it's not that I'm not motivated because I'm so burnt out, but I'm not motivated because like there's this whole mental aspect that's going on behind the scenes too. And that's also the part that maybe other athletes don't tell you because they also don't even know what's going on. And it's so normal and fine to grieve this past life that you had. It's not something that you just wake up one day and you're like, okay, I was an athlete and now I'm going to have a full-time job or I was an athlete and now I'm studying masters. And so for me, almost just slowing down is what helps me with that transition. Yeah. It's just mad as well that you talk about the grief period. Like that is just crazy to me because I like went through it last summer knowing I'd like kind of my time in America and not having that my last season because of COVID that ended and I think people like laugh at me like that's not real but I'm like no like I generally feel like I went through the stages and like similar to you like you kind of have I guess the first one's like you're in denial about it like no it's not really happened and then I generally went through like anger then depression and then I think it's like bargaining and then acceptance but it took like such a long time to go through all of them and to finally accept like I'd say it's only really it's been what nearly a year now and I'm only really accepting like okay my time there has like is has come to a close and it's really funny that we talk about this now like my dad for some reason like last night right before we were going to sleep he said um does do you ever feel like it's unreal or that it's not believable that you went to like college in America and I think yeah there's sometimes like I'm just going about daily life here and I think I not forget that that happened but it just seems like very like oh wow like I've gone through that but now that's not my life anymore and it's just coming to terms with those changes like did you how do you feel like there was a time scale like how long that took you to get over that grief period or is it still something that you you're dealing with Yeah, so for me, it took a while just because I didn't even understand what I was feeling, right? Like, if you asked me why I was so depressed a few months after sports, I wasn't even tying it back to the fact that I didn't have sports. I was, you know, almost in that denial of like, what? No, I wanted to be done with rowing. I was so done. Like, that's not it. And so, I mean, it took me one year, two years plus, like somewhere around there. But if, you know, someone's listening to this and they're like, you know, I recognize that that's what I'm feeling. Or maybe now they're like, oh, aha, like that light bulb moment of like, this is what's happening to me. Really, like the quickest way that you can go about this is breaking that athletic identity and starting to find a new one. And I mean, that's very easy to say, and it takes a lot of time and practice. But the quicker that you can break yourself of like, 
you're no longer an athlete, so you don't have to keep looking like one, training like one. That helps the changes because you had briefly mentioned, you know, body changes. No one talks about that. You're no longer training 20 hours plus a week when you're in like the real world. (laughs) It's no longer your full-time job. It's no longer something that you have to commit to. And so your body changes. And if you're not ready for that, if you're not expecting that, and you're still looking at yourself like, what? No, I'm an elite athlete. Like, why am I gaining a little bit of fat? That's when, you know, you're going to run into these issues. But if you can break yourself free of like, no, that was something that I focused on before. And like, that no longer needs to be a priority. You're going to move through that transition so much better, so much smoother. And just knowing that like, Yes, you'll always carry a part of that athletic identity and there'll still be those qualities in you. You no longer are that part like 24/7. So there are going to be changes. Yeah. It's kind it's better to maybe promote or get coaches and athletes to adopt like a more flexible identity where it's like athletic identity isn't the sole um identity that someone has so that when retirement comes or when like the transition from like you know 20 hours a week to like less exercising or change in sport it's more it's an easier like process to do that um I know you've talked about how you want to get back into like rowing and just like kind of changes in what you've done since college but like can you talk us through like your fitness journey since um leaving and how kind of that's evolved yeah, so I mean, it's definitely evolved a ton. Because <laughs> yeah. right after athletics, you know, I joined a gym right away because I was like, you know, that's what an athlete does. And I tried going to the gym and it was so different because, you know, you're used to showing up and the coach already has everything that you're doing and you have teammates that are doing the same thing and encouraging you. And I was just kind of like walking in, I was like, I have no plan, I have no goal. Also, I don't know what to do. I've never had to create this for myself. And so I was almost like fighting myself like every time I went to the gym and I ended up just stopped going because I was like, this isn't enjoyable. It used to be such an enjoyable experience that I'd be like looking forward to. And now it was like sucking my energy. So I stopped going for a while. I stopped working out completely. And that's kind of where I was talking about, you know, I almost felt embarrassed of my old athletic identity because I was no longer even comparing myself to that person. You know, I'd be talking to coworkers and they're like, oh, you were a division one athlete. Like I go to the gym more than you do now. <laughs> and wow, so, yeah. I mean, they wouldn't say that. They're, they're thinking the, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so eventually, you know, I had to break this mindset of like, here are the reasons like I should be going to the gym, right? Like I should go to watch my weight. I should go because that's like what I used to do. And I changed it into how can I enjoy going again, right? Like I used to love this, like there's still something that I must love. And so I found group fitness is what really brought me back. Because for group fitness, you know, you do have a coach up there telling you what to do. You have the group around you that you can like feed off their energy. And it was everything that I loved about sports just in a new setting. And so for me, that's what really kickstarted me back into working out. I do group fitness all the time now, even with COVID, like I'll try to do Zoom classes just because like that's the energy that I miss. And so I no longer have any goals of, you know, like I'm not trying to train for a marathon. I'm not picking up a new sport, but just to be able to like have an activity again. And then 
you know, it's not that I identify myself like, oh, like I do spin or like I do yoga, but just knowing that I have that like energy again and it's another hobby for me, um, that that's been really changing. And so I'm happy that I finally found fitness that worked for me and it's not something that I'm forcing anymore. Yeah, I love that you do group fitness. Like I kind of did it before I went to university and I kind of got into um going to the gym more when I was like maybe like 17 18 and I was just listening to you talk about it then I was like wow like it's been a long time since I've been to like a spin class or or anything like that obviously like with the gyms being closed but I I really do miss it yeah you've only really inspired me I feel like when this time's over I really want to get back into like spin classes and those just I don't know they're great Yeah, I love that because, you know, the issue that I kind of had too when leaving sports was I felt like I was almost too good for them, right? Like you just said, like, no one knows that you're an athlete there. And I'm like, you know, like I used to push myself for four hours a day, every day, like what's a 30 minute spin class going to do, right? Like I almost (laughs) felt like, oh, I can't like do that. But yeah, like once you go in there, it brings back just everything that I had loved before. And so I think that I know for someone listening to this that's trying to find that thing after sport is you have to go back to like, what are you missing from that? Because for me, I didn't miss the competition, right? Like if I missed the competition, maybe that's when I would like pick up something else. But for me, I missed the community of it. So then I found a new community. And so just going back to like, what are you missing from sport? That's what's really going to help transition. Like, do you feel like when you first um, graduated to now, there's been a lot of shifts in your like mindset towards like health and fitness yeah yeah there definitely has been um because before you know it was something that I was so hard on myself about and I thought that it had to look a certain way and like for me there was like no flexibility there (laughs) like and so I learned now like you know this is something that I want to be in my lifetime for my life right like I don't want to be like oh I'm only working out for the next year of my life right like I want it to be part of my lifestyle and so in order to do that like I knew that there had to be changes and I knew that like you know even what I'm doing now might not serve me next year when I'm looking back or it might always be changing and so just being more flexible because that goes back to the athletic identity I never had these choices when I was an athlete for the seven years that I was rowing it was all rowing I didn't have time even to (laughs) figure anything else out. So now that, you know, you have the freedom with time, you have the freedom with workouts, you have all this freedom. It's like, why don't you enjoy that? Like, why don't you go out and experience all these things instead of just like boxing myself in? Yeah, that's so true. Putting yourself in that like category and not being flexible is something that's like so needs to be addressed. And I know through what we how we've met is through the hidden opponent and like they're very much an organization that aims to try and get people to have like more of these discussions and talk about the 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 good times and also the bad times of like being a student athlete and breaking down that stigma around talking about mental health or anything that someone might be struggling with because it's very much in any kind of sport any athlete level it's very much like oh if you're showing weakness, any sign of weakness is bad, but that is not the case. Like sometimes you need to identify and pinpoint what you're struggling with so that you can overcome it. Because if you just ignore it or like push it under the rug, 
like it's not going to go away it's always going to be there it's got to be something that you like tackle and I'm also just curious to find out how your involvement with the hidden opponent like came about and kind of what also what element of their like philosophy really resonated with you and made you want to like become involved yeah so I'm not an ambassador like you because you know I found it a little bit too late or not too late but like I wasn't a competing athlete at the time so for me even though I was going through this health issues while I was an athlete, I never even acknowledged it. I never took the time to think about it, right? I just talked to you about how I wish I would have taken some of these standards that I had for myself and lowered them or not be so hard on myself and not dig myself into this hole of like, why am I not good enough? But that's something that I didn't even realize at the time. At the time, I thought it was so normal. I was like, oh, I'm not being too hard on myself, right? Like all I'm trying to do is hit 110 pounds. Little did I know it was taking up like all my brain space. It was making me so depressed. And so now, you know, I found the hidden opponent because I want to become a better advocate for mental health after learning about my own, but only after I was an athlete, only when I was going through this transition. And I realized like, this is a whole grieving period that we don't talk about. This is like, you're asking someone to lose their identity, their support, everything about them in one day, right? Like it happens so quick the day that you are no longer an athlete, the day that you're no longer competing. And so I came about this from a former athlete perspective, but I think that, you know, even if you're not a competing athlete, you're still an athlete. And so the struggles that I experience now, like if I had tackled them, while I was competing, it would have definitely set me up for better. So that's where I'm kind of coming in now of being like, it's never too late to start thinking about your mental health as an athlete, even though I'm not an athlete, if that makes sense. No, definitely. It's it's never too late. Like you can, it will, I feel like what you're saying, sport and being an athlete, that will always be something that's a part of you. Like don't ever let people say like, oh, you're not that anymore. And it's like, well, you don't practice it you, you're not in that environment but like it's still something that you'll have that and those memories will carry on and really admire your work and what you're doing because you're really trying to change like kind of the conversations around health and fitness and I kind of would love to find out more about how your kind of like business and um podcast um which is called girls gone healthy which everyone should check out great podcast um like how did that all come about yeah so this is actually really funny I'm glad that you asked so my podcast is called girls gone healthy and I started it specifically like for non-athletes it's just almost like for the sorority sisters in my life that I was targeting and kind of thought that I was talking to because I was like oh you know they've never worked with personal trainers they've never had a routine of sports like I'll help with that. And so I launched the podcast and a lot of my old teammates started listening to it. And my old teammates were the ones reaching out and they were like, wait, like I never knew this about health. I never realized like this about building habits or this is why I'm not motivated. And I realized through it, you know, when we were athletes, you're focused on your sport, you're focused on building skills for your sport, you're focused on that one outcome, which could be good for your health but it's also not like a holistic view of your health it's so narrow and it's so focused on performance and so the people that were actually just needing this motivation and this guidance were almost like breaking that athletic identity of 
you don't have to be PRing in the weight room to improve your health. It's not related all the time. And so now, you know, that's where the conversation has kind of changed of like, you know, now I am helping athletes and I am, you know, saying like, this is how you can set it up to fit into your lifestyle without it being your lifestyle anymore, because that's what we're used to. We're used to this being the majority of your life. You are used to being athletics is the priority. You can still have it in your life, but maybe friends and family are the priority now. Maybe getting a job is a priority. And I hate when former athletes, you know, they just ditch it all together, which is what I did, right? Like I'm guilty of it too, but they just ditch fitness all together and they ditch their sport all together because they're like, oh, I don't have time for that anymore. And I, this is like the encouragement of you do have time and you, st- it's still possible for you to be healthy, to be fit and do the things that you love. And so it's just finding that healthy balance again. Yeah, I think it's all about making time for yourself. Like people say, oh, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. And I'm like, well, you make time for other things in your life. So it's also about making time to benefit your health and your fitness for like, not just now, but in the future too. And and just, I love how your podcast evolved. I never knew that it was more for maybe like people who weren't athletes and were like into sororities and how it's like evolved and changed too, which must mean it's, like did you predict the way it's come about like probably not but and like do you feel like you have a certain route that you want the podcast to go down in the future yeah so you know I kind of made this change from you know I thought it was a very basic beginner's level like kind of like intro to like group fitness you know it wasn't like oh here is how to improve XYZ is more like, you know, just trying to push people to be like, here's all the benefits from the gym. Here's all of that. So because it was so beginner and so like motivational, that's why I thought that I was talking to people that had never been in sports before. I thought that the people had never been in athletics, but it's like, no, everyone has those like beginner moments. Everyone needs that motivation. And now it's not even strictly like a fitness and nutrition podcast, but instead of people being like, what do I do at the gym? It's more questions of like, how do I get myself to the gym? Why am I not feeling up to the gym? How do I manage my time? How do I feel confident at the gym? Like those are more the questions instead of like, actually, what does it look like? And so that's kind of where it's transforming to now. It's like, how can I be my best self to go to the gym? How can I show up stronger in my life? Because I love saying like, you know, the stronger you are at the gym, it, like you're building mental strength. So the stronger you'll show up in life. It's not for weight loss. It's not to look a certain way, but it's really to help all areas of your life when you start showing your, up for yourself at the gym. And that's what I was missing for so long when I was no longer an athlete And I think that the transformation that I said too, you know, you kind of said people think that they don't have time for the gym. When you're no longer an athlete, when you're no longer competing, that is the perfect time to be completely selfish. Like when you're competing, you know, you always have a greater team that you're working for, your teammates, your coaches. And I felt that I was almost like afraid to be selfish again. And that's just like the perfect time. Like, find what makes you happy put yourself first like you do have the time and that's just kind of like the message that I want to give people yeah it's a great message because like doing it for yourself you really have to go back to the basics and having those like new fitness 
kind of ideas as well is something that's important or kind of ideals or what you want to strive for because it like you're saying you lose all that all that structure you have in college like you lose the coach you lose all those people that are telling you kind of what to do so when you're you're out of it you have obviously a lot of, lot of knowledge that you've accumulated over the years but you kind of have to go back to square one in a way and be like okay well what actually works for me or like what do I need to do to feel healthy if that makes sense yeah no definitely because when you are an athlete you're getting knowledge but it's of such a narrow thing right like for you you're like I'm getting knowledge on how to run faster Mm. where there could be so many other fitness goals too right so you can either you know lean into that and continue running or you can say you know what maybe I'll try pushing my comfort zone maybe I'll try something else and you know those are two great options instead of what happens unfortunately to a lot of athletes that are like oh I can't do what I was doing at the level I was doing it at. This is a waste of time. I'm just going to drop it all together. Yeah, definitely. And there's like a aspect of your kind of philosophy and like your podcast that I know you talk about is nutrition and how obviously that's so intertwined with fitness. And there's obviously a lot of kind of misinformation and assumptions out there that for people who kind of like us who kind of know not right and wrong or like kind of know that some of those things are toxic and be very triggering and I don't know about you but it gets I see them on I see such false information on social media and it just makes me so mad and like that is not what people need it's just taken down the wrong route and it's that whole toxic like diet culture and I'm interested to know like have you faced those issues like since kind of leaving college and like how does toxic dye culture like how does that look for you yeah so for me I was almost exposed to it more when I was an athlete because that's when I was like trying to go through the weight loss and yes we had great people on staff but you know I'm a 20 year old girl I'm like I'm gonna go to my friends and my friends also don't know what they're talking about so I was just given a lot of bad advice I was, you know, trying to Google how to lose weight and yeah. as fast as possible. So I definitely went through those rabbit holes of what diet culture is. And also a thing that's not talked about a lot is, you know, there's a lot of eating disorders in athletics and in competition. And so I wasn't starting out at a good base, but I kind of knew it, right? Like when I left, I was exhausted. I wasn't feeling good. And so when I left athletics and I no longer had to have a specific goal of 110 pounds, I kind of like let myself go, so to speak, like I didn't care about what I was eating. I didn't care about working out. And then when I wanted to start to get in shape again and work out and I found the group fitness, that's also when I started to learn more about nutrition, like as knowledge, instead of me going in and being like, how to lose weight. I learned more of like, okay, what foods are filling? What foods like will make me have enough energy throughout the day? Because I was still, you know, just kind of like grabbing bars and doing takeout lunches. And I was like, I kind of want to learn more about this. And when I was learning about it is when I realized like this huge disconnect of no nutrition and healthy living isn't these protein shakes that I was drinking every day. It's not you know, trying to fill myself up on these like diet things. And I realized all the miscommunication. And so that's why I talk about nutrition on my podcast too. Like I don't talk about it too much because, you know, I'm not a dietitian and I don't want to give anyone 
information specific to them, but just bringing awareness to the fact that like a lot of people aren't taught this. And even if you think that you have a healthy eating while you're an athlete, the second you stop, as I said, it's usually a hard stop. And people are like, oh, like, what do I do now? I'm not working out as much. I'm not burning as many calories. And then they try to take it in their hands too much and control. And so just talking about nutrition as a skill instead of as something that's a means for weight loss or aesthetics. I love that. Nutrition is so right. Like it's definitely more of a skill and like what can help you. And I think one of the issues now is that diet is like bad ways of dieting for weight loss is now masked by this kind of title of wellness and well-being so it seems like they're trying to present nutrition as the skill that you're talking about but it's often just like they're saying it's for wellness and well-being but they're saying wellness and well-being equals weight loss but that isn't the, the case like health really is like or can be any size and shape like you don't have to be the ideal kind of body type or like that because there is no ideal body type and there shouldn't be this like demand for thinness say and like for weight loss because constantly changing a weight or like weight cycling is not good for your health and isn't beneficial so that it's hard to see because there's a lot of information out there that's like being set being masked as something that's like good for your health and wellness where it's actually not it's more detrimental and it only cares about weight loss and at, like what you said at any cost to and that cost can be to your health so it's kind of just a negative cycle in a way yeah and it's easy to fall into because if that's the thing that like pops up first right like that's the thing that you hear about more you don't hear about like healthy fibers you hear about keto diet right like it's a lot easier to be talking about these diets and so I think that that's where you know also being an athlete some athletes care about their nutrition but a lot of others are like oh I can eat whatever and not gain weight because you're working out so much and so then when it's like oh the first time that you're thinking about what you're eating is after sports and when you're no longer working out the same it's very easy to be sucked into, oh, okay, I'll start a new meal plan because people like structure. People want to be told what to do sometimes to get the thinking out of it. And so that's when they gravitate towards the diets. Yeah, exactly. And I know like during your college career, you had to be at that certain weight that you said. And I'm interested to know whether your motivation to do that was because your coach was saying to and like that's what you needed. But was there ever an element of like a beauty standard as well? I wonder if that played any role in that kind of part of your life. Yeah, so honestly, it didn't really because for me, you know, I was at a healthy weight beforehand. I was, you know, like happy with where I was at. But the only reason I needed to hit that was for rowing. And then the more that I was trying to lose the weight, the more into like all these diets that I got. And as I said, like, it's so different from nutrition. So I was actually, so I was increasing, you know, these meal replacement shakes. And for me, I was doing that because I was like, okay, like, it's easy to count the calories. But what I didn't realize is how much sugar was in them. And so now, instead of having, like, a very normal diet that was fine for me, I was 
consuming so much sugar so I was breaking out everywhere I was so stressed so I was like starting to get bloated and I was starting to look worse and worse <laughs> like the more that I was trying to lose this weight and it was just like my body just like fighting against me and you know things that are healthy I was cutting out right like sometimes people are like oh you know like sugar has too much fruit and so then I would be replacing sugar with like this artificial protein bar that had like no good ingredients in it and so it's things like that that if I had learned the first time around like no just like maybe add a few more vegetables in each day and like slowly over time like even that will make a difference would have been huge but you know now that I'm outside of sports and it's like I could have any goal that I wanted that's when I kind of started to be like, oh, you know, maybe like these beauty standards because I'm no longer an athlete. And I think that when I had the identity of it as an athlete, it was like, oh, I can look muscular and or I can look whatever way and it doesn't matter because you kind of had that ego of being an athlete. And now that I don't have that ego, it's like, oh, well, maybe I can like still be the strong one and still be the fit one or still, you know, just trying to put myself almost in that box of like, how can others see me? And that's the only time that I'm like, you know, getting in that rabbit hole again of this is a beauty standard because it's not even a standard that I have for myself. It's just for how other people see me is what traps me in that. Yeah. Is there any been anything like that's helped you not think about what other people however people view you or any like tips you'd give to people who are struggling with that yeah I guess whenever that happens you know it'll usually be like oh you know maybe I'm not as thin or strong or whatever as I want to be let me work out more I go back and then I'm like but that's not actually why I'm working out right like if I want to start working out more and then I go to the spin class I don't leave the spin class being like yes, I just burned X amount of calories. Like, no, I leave being like, that was fun. That was like a mental release. Like that was like, you know, it's almost like my self-care time is when I go. And so I leave with all of these other benefits that have nothing to do with my appearance. And so when I keep going every time for that, then that's almost me seeing the reward, right? Like I am a happier person because I did that. And then when I focus on the results I don't have, that becomes unhappy and so I just have to be like what means more to me and every time my happiness is more than aesthetics exactly and it's like that is what you can control because you can't control how other people perceive you but you can control how you feel and like your feelings and how you feel about yourself is really as cheesy as it sounds like that is what is most important and another thing about the whole diet culture that we were talking about I'm would like to know if you believe in any diets or you feel like some diets do work for certain people and like whether restrictions or restricting certain foods can work or like can be healthy yeah so I mean it could definitely work because you know you always hear those stories of like maybe your sister tried a different diet or like your friend or co-worker and any diet can work for you but it could also have the negative side effects. And I think that's just what we have to be careful of and what people have to talk about. And so, you know, if dieting has all these negative side effects, it's like, okay, then what else can I do? Okay, I can just learn about nutrition. 
right? Like that's always like going back to the basics of like learning about foods, learning about nutrition. That doesn't really have many side effects. And so, you know, if someone's out there and they've never tried dieting, I, you know, I personally wouldn't recommend it. But at the same time, if that is what motivates you to start learning about nutrition, if, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to start following this meal plan that's going to like help me learn about nutrition, then then go for it. But yeah, I definitely think that the second half of the conversation is like, you know, did it work for your friend? Yes. But will it necessarily work for you? It might not. Yeah, exactly. And like it can work for certain people, but you don't know what previous experience they have or what their body type's like or what their stomach can handle or like any of those kind of factors that vary between people. And I think it's just kind of educating yourself on, yes, what foods are good and what foods might not be good for you or might not work with your body, but then also not completely eliminating them. Like, you know, I'm just not a fan of diets that eliminate certain food groups unless like it's really detrimental to your health, like physically makes you bloated or you're in pain when you eat them. That's fine. Like don't have them. But if it's something you want, restricting it or taking it away is just going to make you want it more and make you want to binge or just go down like what you're saying like a rabbit hole like it's better to have like more of a balance and it's easier said than done but it's just getting that like information out there and I know one way that you're doing that is through your like your boot camp right Mm -hmm. and I'd like it'd be cool to for you to tell people about what the boot camp is and kind of just what you're trying to get across because I think it's a great like initiative and I love the, the name too like beyond the hype and I just want to know like what that mean? what beyond the hype means like in in your opinion yeah definitely so it's called beyond the hype boot camp and it's my six-week coaching program that I run and the reason for the name is you know a lot of people when they go into these new meal plans or fitness plans or anything you know it's really exciting at first and they'll do it maybe for two weeks and then they'll fall off the plan for a week and then they're like oh I have to get back on and it's always this constant like up and down like I'm either on it or I'm off it And so this is purposely, you know, six weeks that you commit to yourself of it's nothing that has to do with restriction. It's nothing that completely changes your plan. It's just building into your lifestyle. So that way you stop going like up and down, up and down, like you can find something sustainable that works for you. And so we do talk about nutrition in there and, you know, kind of like spoiler, like it's not talking about finding a certain diet, but it's really getting back to this mentality of like, 80 20 percent which I'm sure like you might already be familiar with but a lot of people you know they find the best results when you know 80 percent of the time they're kind of like on track for what they want right like they're eating for their health they're eating to give them energy for the day and then you know you're also throwing in the things that you just want (laughs) like you're not completely restricting it and so I think that's a really important part of nutrition But then the other part that goes with it too is the why behind what you're doing. Because as you said, with the restriction, like the more that you take it out, maybe the more that you'll want it. And that's true if you're doing it for weight loss, right? But if you're doing it because something doesn't sit well, then obviously you're never going to want to eat it. So people get so confused sometimes because they're like, oh, like I just cut out this whole food group. Like, why do I want it more? And it's like, because your body doesn't know that you want to lose like three pounds right like you you need to go back to this why because 
a lot of times you don't even need that weight loss. It's just switching it to be like more internal. Like, what do you want? Because as I said, this is the time to be selfish. It's the time to put yourself first. And that's really like the root of all of it. I feel as though your concept is really just helping the whole movement, like tackling the the toxic diet culture and moving away from that to be more nutrition focused and healthier focused and more like holistic kind of. And like, do you think society is improving? Like, I like to say it is, and I feel like it is, people are becoming more accepting. There is a lot more better initiatives out there, you know, like intuitive eating, mindful eating, and just generally like body acceptance, uh, being okay with how you are in that present time and not comparing yourself to others. But do you think it, it is getting better? So I think that it's getting better, but almost like if you're looking for it, right? Like I think that if you're still, you know, the vulnerable person that I was where I'm like, I'll do anything to lose weight. And I like look it up, like the things that are still hard hitting are, you know, get skinnier, get six pack abs, like do the diets. And so that's where, you know, I love like the hidden opponent for raising these conversations your podcast for raising these conversations like the more mainstream that we can make these conversations like this is what should be the first thing right like when I am going to people about you know wanting to be appearance-based I would love to have that first conversation being more around the mental health of why being around body acceptance and so I think that we definitely are getting on the right track but um, definitely just the messaging has to finally hit those right people that really need it the most. Yeah, it's just making these conversations become more of the norm because originally, like, when the whole kind of diet conversation came about, like, that probably wasn't the norm. That was a new kind of concept that just thrived under, like, marketing and advertising. And then over the years, that's become the norm. But it's hard to change kind of ideals or principles that are in society, but it's not impossible. And I feel like new things can replace old ways of life. To wrap up before I ask you some like kind of quick fire questions, I just wanted to get your, your kind of a advice to people who during these times or maybe don't have access to like initiative like yours or don't have that support or that, guidance from people do you have any tips for people to find motivation like especially during the pandemic or just to people who are struggling to cope and be active and healthy during um these times yeah so I would almost argue that like they do have access so for me you know I put out podcasts twice a week you put out podcasts and yeah you're not like talking to me directly one-on-one but what you think about and what you do is affected by what you surround yourself with and so in a time like this where you might not have support you can still you know pop in your earbuds and you're listening to someone that will motivate you or inspire you or make you feel like you are good enough or on the opposite, like you might be surrounded by things that aren't making you feel good enough, like the ads, like the like toxicity that we see on social media with losing weight. And so if you find yourself in that position where you're like unhappy or this isn't working, you can find support through 
things like this or books or just educating yourself. And so I know that it's definitely harder right now because everything's virtual or you might not feel supported, but I I really encourage, you know, like my podcast, Girls Gone Healthy, listen to more of these conversations. And we connected over a Facebook group, right? Like just finding people with the similar interests and goals as you is huge because you'll feel surrounded by them, even if it is virtual. Yeah, that is true. There is a lot of resources out there for people now. Like the internet is can be a crazy place, but it's also a great place. Like if you're if you filter out kind of the the bad stuff and you just follow healthy promotional motivational pages um accounts like channels you can get that better content and so to finish i have a range of different like short quick questions and i'd love to get your answers on them if you're down with that awesome yeah okay so what is the best thing that's come out of 2021 so far? I know we're not very far in, but is there anything that's really sticks out for you that's gone well this year? Um, I guess just, you know, continuing to prioritize myself because, you know, it's really easy to slip into others' expectations. Or as I said, like with my New Year's resolutions, I had a lot of business goals, but then I realized I was like, I don't have any like self-development goals I don't have any you know like me time or self-care goals and so switching that focus back on like you're the most important thing like we should be prioritizing ourselves a lot more than we do exactly and like that self-care leads me into like my next question so I wanted to ask do you have like a go-to positive outlet to like relieve stress right now yeah, so right now it's a mix between fitness or reading, which are so different, but it's like, what will fuel me better? Like, do I need to get a sweat on or have I maybe like done that a little bit too much and it starts to get into that unhealthy territory and then I'll go towards reading, which is complete opposite. So reflecting on 2020, what has 2020 taught you? Yeah, definitely like all the connections that I have because at the beginning, like, you know, it was really easy to feel alone. And then, you know, it's not being surrounded by a ton of people that makes you feel like you have a connection and community and all of that. But even just these one-on-ones, you know, I'm talking to you from across the whole ocean right now. And that's like a great connection and a great feeling to have. And so I've tried to lean into that last year and definitely bringing it into this year too. Exactly, yeah, meeting new people, great way that 2020 has kind of brought people together as well. And what is something about you that surprises people? Oh, that's a hard <laughs> question. <laughs> um, I don't know, I guess, like, so I'm writing a book right now, which was a surprise even to like my mom like I told my mom and she was like you mean like you have a ghost writer right like, <laughs> she was like so surprised by that because you know like I as I said I had that athletic identity for so long and then even in college like I studied math but I kind of I said it before I don't want to be too repetitive but like breaking out of the box that I put myself in for so long I was like oh I'm only good at math and now it's like well no I'm gonna take on writing a book and you know, that kind of surprises people, but I think that anyone can break out of the box that they put themselves in and try something new. Exactly. Like one thing that I did last year is like making my podcast. Like similar with you, like that was a big change and like breaking out of like a routine too. 
and I want to know what is the best thing about having a podcast in your opinion I love the vulnerability that it's had because you know even really close friends to me or someone that I'm meeting for the first time it's like you can kind of move past all that small talk and be like you know, they see me showing up on my podcast being very real, very authentic. And so, you know, today, this is my first time meeting you. And we talked about, you know, mental health struggles I had during athletics. And I just love that a podcast is like the space for that, right? Like that's just what it's meant to do and being able to share that with everyone else too. Yeah, it's such a great environment to like have conversations as well. And I've got two three more questions the last these two are not very deep or not mental health focus at all I'm just generally curious so first of all any gym or activewear recommendations you just want to give out or that you're loving right now yeah so I'm definitely not the right person to ask about activewear I don't know if you can see but I'm like (laughs) still in my school sponsored clothes years later (laughs) and never have to buy more active gear again but for workouts I mean I've really been enjoying hot yoga before the pandemic started which was another thing as an athlete that I was like this isn't good enough this isn't like a workout but it was life-changing like I felt so good after so that is my recommendation that everyone has to try at least once that is something I definitely want to do after Corona's gone. I'm, yes. I'm writing a list now of all the things that got to get back into spinning, got to get into that, into yoga, like so many different things now. Getting me excited. Um, next one is, okay, professional athlete crush. Who is your professional athlete crush and why? I love Lindsay Vaughn because she does uh, competitive skiing or she did. And she has like this cutest little dog that she has videos of like the dog dog skiing with her too sometimes. And then she is great. She also wrote her own book and it was uh, Strong is the New Beautiful, I think is what it's called. So she has, you know, just like the same mentality um, of like talking about how like fitting in and trying to be skinny wasn't what made her happy, like building strength and being stronger what is what was. So I think that she's a great role model to have and definitely like leading forward with that conversation that we we're talking about. Yeah, I love that. Like, sounds like a really inspirational woman and probably will add to the list of books that I need to be reading. <laughs> yeah, keep giving <laughs> but, you more and more things to do. I know every, every guest I'm like asking new books and um, what they're into and I don't know why I keep asking because they all sound amazing, but I have like such a long list. So it's going to be a lot of reading in 2021, <laughs> hopefully. And to finish with kind of a deep last question, but um, what's the main thing you want to work on or grow and like develop this year? Um, I mean, I guess my answer doesn't even sound deep because I mentioned before, you know, like I was so business focused, even just at the beginning of the year that now I'm trying to get back to myself. And when I'm getting back to myself, I told myself that I wanted to improve in comedy this year. And the reason that I wanted that is because that won't really help me in any way, right? Like that's not going to help me in my career or anything else, but it's just something that's so fun. And I, is also a stress relief and I love building new skills and a lot of people don't see comedy as a skill just like they don't see nutrition as a skill and I kind of want to learn that and break that idea so I am working on trying to be funny I love that so you're gonna have 
a book and you're going to have your podcast and probably more episodes of just you having a comedy script so I'm excited to hear that and I'm sure it'll be funny oh I hope but that's the thing with podcasts like even if I tell a joke and no one laughs I don't have to know (laughs) exactly but it's honestly been great having you on the podcast it's been so inspiring listening to your takes on just that transition um from college to afterlife and how you cope with the struggles during college too and like what you're doing to help others like just be able to what you say focus on themselves and bring out the best in themselves for fitness and like health goals so yeah it's just been wonderful getting to meet you as well so I'm really glad and thankful for the hidden opponent for connecting us yeah thank you so much for having me I loved having this conversation no it's been great so yeah have a great rest of your day thank you you too Thank you.